Hey everyone, it, it is time for a new episode of BAM, Boris and Matt Sports Entertainment. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by the one, the only, the Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. It's a beautiful day today in Toronto, Boris. My God, it's like 19 degrees, nice breeze, sunny. It's like, it's like fall. It's right? Like fall is coming. It's beautiful September. out there. If September hits, it's just like a beauty. Yeah, I just love in this weather. If it could stay like this year round, this would be the perfect temperature. This is this is my jam right here, Boris. Isn't it? It's so good. But like you know, it. it I love September because September marks the beginning of football. It marks the yes. beginning of hockey. Marks the beginning of basketball. Like this is this is this is when we start going hard with the sports. Absolutely, yeah, and yeah. Just the fall is just such a pleasant time. You know, you just the beautiful colors, the nice breezes hoodie weather Boris and it's like you said man it's time for sports to start ramping up fantasy football drafts are coming strong the season I believe begins Thursday the 9th right yep right on so yeah my fantasy draft is Tuesday the 7th I'm very excited for that it's a 16 person league I've been in it for like honestly like 10 to 15 years it's really really dope uh, deep roster, 16 teams. So, yeah, we're going to chat a little fantasy football on the show today. We also got some NWA stuff to talk and uh, some Carino versus Carino. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to it all. I can't wait for the sports, Can't, but especially can't wait for Carino v. Carino. Yeah, you, you got a chance to check that out this morning? I did, actually. Amazing. Yeah, I really, like I said, like that match blew my socks off when I saw it. I was not expecting uh, something to the caliber that we got. Uh, no offense to either guy, but Steve Carino hasn't been in a ring in what, what was it, like eight years? Yeah. Before that? Yep. Yeah. And uh, man, like, yeah, and Colby, while we know Colby is great, I think this was far in, the, in a way the best performance of his career. Yeah, Colby, honestly, like, I know I'm biased, but like that kid, he's so like he he's got so much potential it's insane right now like it's un, it's insane i feel like blessed the fact that i got able to talk to him last week uh you can check out the full interview on slam wrestling but like he's such a cool guy and he like you you know it's 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 one of those people like when you talk to them the passion just oozes through Absolutely. Yeah. You can tell he loves wrestling, literally was born into this business and like has has been a wrestling fan and adjacent to wrestling his entire life. So, yeah, man, it's yeah. it's cool. You can, it comes through in his work. It comes through in his everything he does on camera and I guess in his interviews as well. So that's cool. Yep, exactly. Um. So so what's going on? What What's new, Matt? Oh, not too much. Just got some things to handle today. Probably make an Operation Sports video today or tomorrow. Just kind of talking with the hires up about what to hammer out this month. And uh, yeah, man, just kind of figuring it out. I got some actual job uh, shifts coming up here as well. So yeah, just, you know, taking at bats, swinging away, buddy. Uh, How are you doing? Good friend. You look a little tired today, buddy. No, I am a little tired. It's been uh, one of those days. It's been, it's like, everything's good. I got my coffee. Nice. You know, it's, it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's everything's okay. Um, could be good. better. Could be worse. <laughs> Burning that candle at both ends, Boris. You need some sleep. But yeah, you could, could get a cup of joe in you, buddy. And uh, we'll be, we'll be good to go. 
some good wrestling to talk on this show. Yeah, but before we get to that, let's talk some sports. Let's talk some football. But you know what? Before we get to the football, there is something I wanted to talk to you about. That is the New York Mets and their thumbs down celebration. Yeah, so that's pretty pretty interesting. The New York Mets, the players are booing their own fans in response to the fans ruthlessly booing the New York Mets. And now, as I understand it, this was started by Javi Baez, which is double insulting to Mets fans because he's only been a New York Met for like an hour and a half. Yep. He got traded there like two weeks ago, right? Yep. So, so yeah, it's just very, very interesting. But you know what? Of all fan bases, Boris, New York is probably second or third to like Philly, maybe one or two others you can nominate in terms of the rudest, meanest fan bases, right? So of all people, New York fans should be able to take it if they're going to dish it out to that degree, you know? Exactly. Like, like we're talking Philly, we're talking Boston, and then we're talking New York. Like those are the yeah. top three when you think about like, you know, asshole Dickhead fans. fan bases. Yep. <laughs> I, then, I 100% agree. And then wrestling fans. <laughs> yes, I, I separate island onto themselves. And the worst are wrestling fans in Philadelphia, Boston, or New York. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. yeah, like, but yeah no, uh, I think this is a hilarious story, man. Honestly, like this doesn't bug me at all. I'm super for it. And I'm super for the fans giving it back to them twice and three times as hard. That's the whole point. That's the whole give and take. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to, like I said, if you're going to dish it out to the degree that the New York fans do, you can't be mad when someone gives it back to you. But at the same time, man, like if you're a fan and this guy has been on the team for two weeks and he's like booing you, you're like, well, fuck Javier Baez. So I love this back and forth. I think it's great. I think it's good for baseball. You know what? If anything, it's gotten the sport baseball. There's only so many headlines that baseball can get, right? Like we got the uh, the Field of Dreams game. But then since then, we've had nothing, right? So if anything, this puts them up there. This puts yeah. them noticed. And, like, let's be honest. You know, it, 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 a fan base is so passionate that they're going to fucking boo you. Good on you. You don't see this in every sport. You see this in maybe soccer. Maybe. Maybe soccer, right? Um, yeah. You know, Toronto needs to fucking take a take take a note from this. <laughs> yeah, TFC is not. Uh, yeah, they're a mediocre season. Well, I'm talking that nobody other cares Toronto about. sports. Yeah, yeah, true. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, you. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, even TFC's fans are actually like great for like the uh, how new that team is and like for their fan base. TFC has great fans; they really do. Yeah. But yeah, I 100% agree, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny. Like now, New York fans are gonna whine because one guy literally just turned it on them, turned their behavior on. I love them. the like, fact uh, that Kevin Pillar is in on this. <laughs> I, I like Kevin Pillar. You'll if you were a Jays fan in the mid uh, 2010s, you will never hate on Kevin Pillar. He is your boy for life. Yep, pretty much. But yeah, it's it's just so funny. But uh, yeah, that's so that's where we're at with uh, the New York Mets. Um, so yeah, like here's the thing: as a fan base, the fan base, you know, you can call them loyal, you can call them happy, and and they will be, but. Some fan bases are going to dish the shit out. Here's the thing, though. 
Now, players are saying, fuck you. And they're going to dish it back. So, like you said, it's the back and forth that, like, you really, really need. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of like uh, everyone's going to hold everyone responsible. Absolutely, man. It's the it, it it's a little it's a little bit of fun to get us through the dog days of summer, Boris. Baseball needs it. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Exactly. All right, let's talk some football, NFL, fantasy draft. What do you got? Yeah. So I, I was gonna run a little a couple things by you here. Just get your opinion. Uh, you're you're a football watcher, but not a big fantasy football kind of guy. You do know your football. You just don't play the fantasy, right? I, I, so, I refuse I, the fantasy game. I get way too into it. That's the issue. I get way too into it. Yeah, just obsess and stuff, yes. right? Like, yeah, I feel, I, I feel you. I like fantasy football for that reason because it's not like fantasy baseball. You can like obsess over the minutia every single day for the entire baseball season. Fantasy football is awesome because it's it's like a once a week kind of thing. I guess there's always oh, there's always the Thursday games. Yeah. But by and large, it's just it's just a Sunday activity. So I really like fantasy football for that reason. But yeah, I'm just gonna run by the general. ADP based on fantasypros.com. That's the average draft position. I'm going to throw some uh, hypotheticals at you here, Boris. All right. So let, let's do the this. number one, the first six picks are running backs, which makes sense in fantasy football. Running backs are a rare commodity and the best ones score a lot of points. So the number one player is Christian McCaffrey. Do you think that he's, he, he's incredibly productive, but now he's got Sam Darnold as his quarterback, and he's coming off a pretty bad injury. Do you think that Christian McCaffrey should be the number one pick over guys like Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, Derek Henry in Tennessee, and Alvin Kamara in New Orleans? Hmm, that's in, oh, you know what? I'm going to say no, just like, no, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, so, yeah. so, is there is there justification why he is number one, or is this just like? I think the the justification is a he catches a lot of passes, and so you know he he gets a lot of receiving yards, and he's just he's he's been incredibly productive in his career. But yeah, the the questions against picking him first are the new scheme, the new quarterback Sam Darnold. If he's really bad, defenses are just going to focus entirely on Christian McCaffrey, although they've been doing that already, right? And, uh, and again, his injury concerns coming off of a bad injury. Yeah. So I think personally, if I had the number one pick, I might take Dalvin Cook out of Minnesota. I do think Dalvin Cook is going to have a fucking humongous year. And I think Minnesota, uh, though they kind of have this uh, a similar problem with the quarterback, I think Kirk Cousins can get the ball downfield enough. We've seen him throw. The only skill that Kirk Cousins has is throwing the football yeah. deep, right? So I do think that... Dalvin Cook is going to have a humongous season. Hmm. So there's another debate, uh, Boris, at five and six. It's uh, Ezekiel Elliott versus Nick Chubb. Now, the problem with Nick Chubb is that Kareem Hunt is also on the Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah. So as as awesome as Chubb is, Kareem Hunt eats into his production. So my question to you is, if you had the number five pick, are you taking Zeke Elliott from Dallas or are you taking Nick Chubb? You know what? Here's the thing. I would take Chubb simply for the fact that you never know what the F Dallas is going to do. Like, you you really don't know. Like, yeah, the player is better, but you don't know what the team is going to If the team is going to produce, you don't know what the F is going to happen with the freaking dumb boys. 
Yeah, 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 that's that's really right. I think generally also there are uh, injury uh, concerns for Dak Prescott as well, yes. right? Although I, I've had I've heard both like he might miss the entire season because he's so banged up and he's completely healthy and good to go. So <laughs> literally the entirety of the spectrum is possible for Dak Prescott. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't trust uh, Dallas as an organization. I don't trust that. Like, it just, there's so many things going against them right now. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just, there's just so many things going against them. But, Matt, I have to ask you, Bills, how are they looking? The Bills? Buffalo? Yes. I think, yeah, I think uh, they're going to win the division. Miami is very, very good as well. But Buffalo's, That's where I'm going Buffalo's with that. I, 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 I think, it's my segue into our fish. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think Miami is looking at a wild card spot this year because Buffalo is going to win that division. And I actually think the Patriots have a chance to make the playoffs too, although the, the fact that they cut Cam Newton <laughs> yeah, I was literally and going go with there. the rookie, very interesting. But Boris, uh, I, I do feel like we should touch on the rumors that Miami might trade for Deshaun Watson. That would oh, be terrible. That would, God, I hope they don't do <laughs> Like, why? Why would you do this? Why would you do... Like, what's the point? Oh, please, Dolphin. You know what? It is it is the most Dolphins thing humanly possible. Yeah, million, thousand, trillion percent. Like to, They already have two. Uh, I think they should give them a full season and see. And let this Deshaun Watson thing play out. Let him serve a suspension. Let him possibly, like, whatever legal ramifications there are, work that out before you bring that headache on. I just think that's ridiculous. Exactly. It's just, just, I don't, I don't, I don't get why. Like, you have a good team right now. Like, it's, 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 and right now, this is, this is the thing. Right now, the, the, uh, uh, their division is just like, it's, 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 you can win it. You can win it. You can win it. You can win it. So, yeah. like, it's 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 you or, or Buffalo at this point. Because New England? Eh, what, like, New England is a dark horse at this point. They're yeah. no longer the favorite. They are a dark horse. Like, if, if they win the division, it will be a big upset. Although I do think they're in the conversation, Boris. Of course. They're not the favorite. Yeah. Buffalo is by far, on paper, the best team in the division. And by Miami's far. actually, like, safely number two. Yeah, on paper, yes, you're you're hundred percent right on paper, but you never know. Like, let's be honest. Like with the NFL, you really never know what's gonna happen, and that's why, honestly, I I freaking love it. And uh, yeah, like you just, I can't wait. I think this season's gonna be so interesting. I feel like yes. all the uh, the 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 TV providers are sweating a little bit because, like, who are your main teams right now in the NFL? Exactly, like Kansas City, not the biggest market. Buffalo, awesome, dedicated market, but very, very small. Great fan you know base, I mean? but like, let's be honest, when it comes yeah. to money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thankfully, the Los Angeles Rams are up there, but they're so new. Yeah. Really, nobody cares about them yet, you know. And uh, Dallas is always printing money. Green Bay is always one of the most popular teams, you know. But uh, yeah, I gotta it's ask interesting. You, Vegas, what, what do you think Vegas is going to do? I think they're uh, classic Vegas between seven and nine, eight and eight, maybe squeak into the wild card at nine and seven and get obliterated in the first round. But I think they're eight and eight. Yeah. Yeah. No, and then, yeah. Well, actually, isn't this the extended season? 
Yep, this is the first season of 17 games, Boris. A 17-game NFL season, which is absurd. 16 is like a nice round number. There are 32 teams in the NFL. 16 games kind of made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. This is going to inevitably become 18, and then who knows, maybe 20 down the line. But yeah, this is going to be 18 games in a few years. 17 is just such a dumb number. I just don't it's understand just, the, like, the incredibly unbalanced schedule that you're just giving all these teams at this point, right? Especially at a time when, like, let's be honest, everything can shut down in two weeks, three weeks. Exactly right, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not like cases are going down. And uh, NFL, like, football is such a – there are 53 guys just on the starting roster of a football team, you know, not to mention the practice squad. You're playing so – you're playing a contact sport so close in proximity to so many different people. Football is crazy. I can see why the NFL is so stringent with the vaccine uh, policies. There's a couple more players I wanted to touch on before we get out of here, though. A couple sleepers in the second to third round. Not like deep sleepers, but these are guys that I think you can justify spending a first round pick on. And I think they could win your league if you sneak them in the third round-ish. So we're going... uh, Running back James Robinson from Jacksonville. He was extremely productive last year. Jacksonville drafted Travis Etienne, and he's going to miss some time, Etienne is. So so James Robinson is getting the rock. He's got a rookie quarterback uh, in Trevor Lawrence. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to hand that ball off a lot. Look for James Robinson in your fantasy drafts. That guy's going to be sick. Kyler Murray. Always, always good. He's he's like he's he's a little underrated, especially if you play in four point per passing touchdown quarterback leagues. That's the vast majority of uh, fantasy football leagues that rewards running quarterbacks, right? Because they get running touchdowns versus passing touchdowns. Kyler Murray eats up running touchdowns. I think that. He has a chance to pass Mahomes this year for the most fantasy points by a quarterback. I'm not sure if he will, but, you know, Pat Mahomes isn't going to always crank out 6,000-yard, 700-touchdown seasons. Eventually, he's going to have a hiccup. He's going to miss a game or two. And I think in that scenario, Kyler Murray would be the guy who is the number one quarterback. Yeah, you're so getting him, right. Yep. Getting him around three or four is a humongous, humongous fucking steal. Also, uh, people are... I, I think underrating Tampa Bay's receivers a little bit because there's there's like a glut of them. There's like yeah. Mike Evans, there's Chris Godwin. You know they kind of eat into each other's targets. So it's like you, you don't avoid Tampa Bay receivers because there's too many of them because they're all going to eat. They will all eat bread, Boris. A hundred percent, thousand. All right, that's pretty much that's pretty much my fantasy football talk. I am excited for the drafts. Right? Ah, can't wait. Um, yeah, I think you're gonna have a good time with that. And I like, I'm so torn because like I want to do it, but at the same time, it's like, no, 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 I can't. <laughs> yeah, fantasy, fantasy football is is like the best one in terms of you don't lose your life to it. Like it's the least in in a lot of ways, it's it's still as addictive, but it's the least addictive because you really only play it on Sunday, right? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, to a certain extent. All right, let's yeah, yeah. move to maybe, wrestling. Maybe we'll get you in the league down the road. Let's move to wrestling. We have a lot of wrestling talk. I think we're going to go from ROH to NWA to Corino v. Corino. So let's start with some ROH. Um, because we're going to start with some ROH TV. Again, three matches, one hour. Dude, it's such an easy watch. It's like, it's like NXT UK. 
Awesome, man. Yeah, a good ROH show is uh, it's just a, a treat to watch. But even a bad one is a quick and easy, digestible hour. Yeah, it, like, and that's the thing. Like, it, the, and the thing that's hurting ROH the most right now is the lack of fans. And like, I really want them to get the fans back. But the fact that they're still producing a weekly one-hour show, power to them. Um, but yeah, so you know, three matches. Two women's matches because the women's uh, tournament is still going on. The women's tournament is actually going to wrap up in the next few weeks because right now we are in the quarterfinals. So let's get right into it. Match number one of ROH TV was Angel Angelina Love versus Max the Impaler. Dude, I was praising Max the Impaler um, in terms of a character, in terms of like the lasting appeal, in terms of so many things. And uh, I'm not shocked, but I am a little shocked because Angel Angelina Love was able to win via disqualification. Mm. It was, uh, you know, uh, essentially Maxine Paler got de- got herself DQ'd because she just beat the shit out of Angelina Love. So I, f- I feel like that's going to be a program down the line because you have, you know, Maxine Paler who's just like completely character driven uh character and then you have angelina love who is like you know what what more can you say with her in the allure right like and mandy leon so i kind of like how that happened um but i'm still a little shocked so yeah angelina love won via dq interesting that is a shock man i'm very surprised because the uh, uh, maxine smash master has been getting a pretty big push so i yeah, am very surprised by that exactly and then uh, uh i don't know why i was shocked by this one so we had allison k versus trish adora and uh trish adora won via pinfall just as wow like, yeah that, that to me seems a little political, like we can't put the NWA wrestler too far in this tournament. But Allison K is the bigger name, and I think probably the better wrestler at this moment, right? That's what I'm thinking, honestly. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so I was a little shocked just from uh just from a face perspective. Like if you look at it from the from from just uh a, a, like a fan point of view, it's very interesting that Allison K lost. But Trishadora won. Not interesting. Yeah, very interesting. So yeah, these are uh, the bracket busting episode of ROH. Oh, one hundred percent. And I gotta say, both of these matches would have to go just above the Mendoza line. I'm gonna give them both three out of five handshakes, three out of five code of honors. Nice. Fair enough, my friend. And then, dude, the the main event. The main event. Oh, if there's a match, and we praise NXT UK on NXT Talk every week, but if there is a match that you're going to watch, it is ROH main event for the ROH TV championship, Dragon Lee, Eli Isom. Dude, wow. Wow, wow. Nice. Wow, 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 wow. Nice. Well, yeah, tell me about it. I like Eli Isom. He's really good, and obviously Dragon Lee is one of the best in the world, man, so... Yeah, like here's the thing. Like it, it's exactly what you're th- what you think. Um Dragon Lee is just so good. Eli is um it's like such an up and comer. Um and I have to say this. We've been saying this for weeks. I do not want ROH to become the 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 Montreal Expos of wrestling. 
Yes, they don't want them to develop all these great young stars only to see them go on to massive success with other franchises. Exactly. Like, man, it's just like, yeah, Eli is, um, and it's just, he's, like, this match just worked. They have great chemistry, and for a TV match with commercials, they just made it work. And, And here's the thing, you have to give them credit, too, because they don't know when the commercials are coming, right? Like, like uh, St. Clair's uh, corporations, they just throw commercials literally in the middle of matches sometimes. But this is one just worked. Obviously, Dragon Lee won. But I'm gonna, dude, I'm gonna have to give this one four handshakes out of five. Nice, yeah. four handshakes. That that is a great match here at uh, at the uh, Bam Sports and Entertainment and elsewhere, of course, everywhere on the internet. Four out of five is a great, great piece of business. That's awesome. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, no, it's, honestly, it was such a good show. Again, ROH is, is like, I know I'm biased because I'm covering them for SlamWrestling.net, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice. it's, it's it's been a fun watch the past few weeks. Hey, man, yeah, no, I agree, and I think most people who watch the show would agree. I think that's pretty much what you see about Ring of Honor. Sometimes it's a little boring, and sometimes they miss fans a lot, actually, always they miss fans. But by and large, the show itself is is pretty well-produced and entertaining. Yeah. All right, let's jump into NWA Empower, dude. All right. Whew. Good watchable show. A lot of feel-good moments. I thought this was uh, this was good professional wrestling here. It was bad. It over-delivered, in my opinion. It yeah. was a show that was... Uh, the whole was more than the sum of its parts, as they say. Sorry, I'm going to close my window. There's a garbage truck outside doing business. Now. This was a very entertaining show, buddy. I really, really enjoyed it. What did you think about it? I honestly, I really enjoyed this. I saw this in my stupor, and um, I, I thought this was a great show. Like, overall, this show really did deliver. Um, you know, I got to ask you, though. Empower, Evolution, which did you enjoy more? I actually did not sit down and watch the entire women's revolution, the Evolution pay-per-view. I saw bits and pieces of it. So I couldn't actually give you an intelligent uh, take on that. But I did think that Mickey James... They like did a great promo to to kick this off. I think they produced a great show, and I would be shocked if WWE's was was better than this. It it legit it was like in the grand scheme of things, it really was. But this show delivered. You know, here's the thing: I'm a fan of production. I'm a fan of what it looks like on TV, and this show kind of missed a little on that. Um, and I was a little worried about NWA 73, but they did fix their shit. But overall. This show was hurt more by non-wrestling stuff. Yeah, a million percent agree with that. Yeah, uh, there were a couple. Yeah, production snafus, as you've kind of alluded to. There's one really, really bad one in the main event. Um, but yeah, you know what? By and large, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, NWA is an indie, man. The, despite the fact that they are powered by the uh, hulking bank account of one Billy Corgan, they're still a small-time indie. They they are period so exactly all right matt do you want to walk us through both nwa shows yeah sure briefly we can get we can get through this so yeah uh the pre-show of nwa power christy janes versus sky blue sky blue wins that match in five minutes pretty typical pre-show match uh nothing you haven't seen before i gave it uh two smashing pumpkins out of five 
for a 40% Corgan percentage on that one. Perfectly fine little uh, opening match. Like, not not egregiously bad, but yeah, it wasn't that, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, so the um, uh, show opens with Mickey James coming out, cutting a tremendous heartfelt promo. Uh, Velvet Sky crying on commentary. Just, just really, really good stuff, and it was just, it kind of set the tone for the show, how much it meant to all the performers and everyone producing the show as well. So then we started off the show with the uh, three-way interpromotional match. It was Diamante from AEW versus Kylie Ray from the NWA versus your girl Cheek Dormenta from AAA. I thought this was a very good, watchable match. You know, I, uh, I was shocked at the winner. Uh... I thought for sure Kylie Ray was going over because she's wrestling Mickey James on the next show. Right. But no, Tony Khan got his girl that W and Diamante goes over in, let's see, eight minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah, I was so shocked with this one just because, like we said, Kylie Ray is working two times. Um, so, like, what would, like, for me, it was like, what was the point of Diamante winning? Yeah, I don't see why they did that at all. Other than uh, I think Tony Khan lent a wrestler and he was just like, I'll lend you Diamante, but she's not losing kind of thing. Like you can have whoever you want if they at least win a match sort of thing, especially because he lent a tag team who wasn't ultimately going over in the final of the tournament. Anyway, I thought this was a good match. We're going to go three smashing pumpkins out of five. It's a 60% bullet with butterfly wings percentage, Boris. Uh, next, we had a pretty terrible match. The first in the women's tag tournament. Uh, tournament. tournament. Uh, the Hex, Allison K and Marty Bell versus Hell on Heels, who are Renee Michelle and Sahara Seven. This was the worst match on the show. It was uh, bad. Do not seek it out. We're going one uh, smashing pumpkin, a singular pumpkin out of five. The Hex win in six minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. Bad, sloppy, indie-level match. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Especially when you have, when you have an actually good uh, opener, and then you go into this, it's like, whew, what's, what's the rest of the show going to give us? Yeah, definitely uh, a little dicey, but you know what? They picked it right back up with this one. The Free Babes, Jazzy Yang, Hollywood Haley J, and Miranda Gordy, Losing to the AEW tag team of Kylan King and Red Velvet. Boris, we <laughs> I was have, shocked. We have found the role that Red Velvet excels in. She needs to be the baby face selling her ass off in a tag team. She's the Ricky Morton. She's the Shawn Michaels. She's the uh, Jeff Hardy. You know what I mean? She yep. is that, that lightweight tag team wrestler who sells and sells and sells and gets a hot comeback. Yep. She was great in this role. Yeah, dude, it was so good. Like, she excelled. Like, it was exactly what you needed, and this was by far, by far her best performance. I agree. I think it was that these two matches were the best performance of Red Velvet's career, I think, pretty safely, and I think she belongs in a tag team. I was really, really about this match. But, yeah, so uh, the... AEW tag team wins. That's Kylan King and Red Velvet. They won that match in six minutes and 44 seconds. And I would go above the Mendoza line for sure. We're going to go three smashing pumpkins out of five. It's a 60% disarm percentage, Boris. Yeah, dude. And then, and then I'm just, we're going to segue into probably one of the most talked about segments of the weekend. Maybe the second, third most talked about segments of the weekend. Definitely the best thing that NWA did all weekend 
one of the best things I've seen in wrestling all weekend or maybe even all year, man. I really like this. Gail Kim comes out, basically says she's not much of a promo, but it's it's really nice and beautiful. And thank you for being here and thank you for having her. And then Taryn Terrell comes out with her heel crew of Genocide and Paola Blaze. And they're going to beat up Gail Kim because they're bad guys, you see, Boris. But then who should come out for the save but Awesome Kong, longtime rival of Gail Kim. Awesome Kong comes out, beats the shit out of these heels, and then cuts a tearful promo, saying that the only thing that could have gotten her off of her couch was Gail Kim. And she owes her career to Gail, and she retired in front of these fans. She said she was done, and they hugged and cried. And Boris, I got a little emotional. It was a beautiful moment. This honestly was so good, especially like... Like, you don't need to follow Impact, TNA, whatever you want to call it, um, to know the history behind these two. Um, and, and this is what I love about wrestling, man. It just it just worked so well. It's like, who better to retire you than your biggest foe? And what better angle than you saving your biggest foe? Yeah, I really loved it. Like, a, a nice full circle moment. Perfect way to end Awesome Kong's career. This is a beautiful segment, man. Really, really good. Definitely, it's on the YouTube. Seek it out if you haven't seen it. Yep. Um, yeah. Then we went back to wrestling, and this was the moment that I realized that Deanna Perrazzo was fucking great at professional wrestling. When she grabbed Molina by the hair and drug, drug her kicking and screaming to the best match I've seen Molina have in forever the second best match probably of her entire career next to that beth phoenix royal rumble match yep. maybe it's the best match of her entire career deanna perrazzo versus molina and yeah. boy it was actually really good dude deanna perrazzo is amazing she is such a good wrestler she can drag anyone to an amazing match um and she's so young like she is so young it's insane how young she is and the dude the sky is the limit what was wwe thinking uh, well, she doesn't have the body of a fitness model, so you, you can get the fuck out of this company, miss. But yeah, honestly, WWE's loss is the gain of the professional wrestling industry. Deanna Perrazzo is great. She's yep. great. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, this match impressed the heck out of me. Molina sold and sold and sold like Shawn Michaels selling the knee at 1990 SummerSlam Boris, just crying out in agony. And uh, Deanna Perrazzo eventually wins a three and a half Smashing pumpkin match, 70% B at least. Honestly, I might have underrated it there. This was a really, really good mess wrestling match, and it was basically all Deanna. All Molina had to do was sell the crap out of her leg, and Deanna did the rest. Yep, exactly. Awesome. So next we had the NWA Women's Tag Tourney Finals. The Hex, Allison Kay and Marty Bell versus Team AEW, Red Velvet versus Kylan King. Even better... Then the first AEW uh, Kylan King Red Velvet match, I thought this was uh, this really good little tag tournament final. The Hex win in nine minutes and forty one seconds to become the NWA World's Women Tag Team Champions. Again, a lot of fun. I thought this was you know a, a pretty pretty uh, worthy crowning of a champion also it's worth noting that medusa came out to do guest commentary on this match and uh, you know she was fun she's a she's a nice uh southern truck driving mom character in a exactly. nwa exactly yep yeah but uh, yeah so definitely a good watchable match we're gonna go three smashing pumpkins out of five for that one as well uh next we had the match of the night 
for sure. Hold on. I think pretty Before safely. we go in, go ahead. I need to ask, match placement. Wasn't it a little weird that this didn't close the show? Uh, so I I think on paper, I understand the, the decision to close the show with the gauntlet. If the gauntlet would have come off as planned, if yes. that if the gauntlet is like a four-star awesome match with all these surprises and it goes off without a hitch, then sure, do it. The only problem is the gauntlet was a sloppy, terrible match with bad production. Anyway, we'll get into that. The, the, the match we're talking about right now is the NWA women's title match between Camille and and legit Layla Hirsch, also of AEW. And this match was pretty dang good. Uh, Camilla's big and green. She's a little bit of a Charlotte Flair-type Pokemon, although with less gymnastics. Uh, Legit Layla Hirsch is just female Taz, and she's awesome. She's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exactly the best way to put it. Yeah, so I thought this was a very, very good match. The best match of legit Layla Hirsch's uh, short career, at least that I've seen. It's possible she's done better stuff on the indies. I would I would seek this match out. I had it at three and three-quarter smashing pumpkins out of five, 75%. It's a B plus. I wouldn't call it great, but it was an awesome performance by Layla Hirsch. Yep. All right, so the main event of this show, like we already said, it was a sloppy, pretty bad match. The women's invitational gauntlet, it was a pin and submission Royal Rumble, basically. It's uh, 10 women, uh, people enter at completely random, nonsensical intervals. They didn't even pretend to make it like every two minutes. It was literally like some people came in after 30 seconds. Some people came in after five minutes. It was brutal. But uh, yeah, so the 10 combatants were... Bianca Corelli, daughter of Santino, Chelsea Green, Debbie Malenko, Jamie Senegal, Jenna Side, Kira Hogan, Lady Frost, Masha Slamovich, Thunder Kitty, Tootie Lynn, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one thing worth noting is I am positive, Boris, I'm positive they advertised Thunder Rosa and delivered Thunder Kitty. Dude, a thousand percent. I'm like convinced, convinced that was the case. That is a dirty, dirty ploy because I was excited to see Thunder Rosa in this match and I thought she might actually do some work. But I guess her uh, relationship with the NWA is probably done forever. But yeah, Chelsea Green entered this Royal Rumble thing at number one, stayed to the end and won it. She is officially the baby face of the NWA women's division until power the next night. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, as of this moment, Chelsea Green was the conquering baby face. And uh, yeah, she won a pretty terrible match. I would give it my classic bad match, but good effort rating, which is two smashing pumpkins out of five. Boris, what'd you think about this one? Buddy? Dude, this match wasn't the best, but the production, the production like this, this match hurt the entire pay-per-view so bad for me. Million. A hundred percent agree with that, man. Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough watch. It was, uh, it, but yeah, like the the in ring work wasn't the worst. But like there was a point when I don't know if like the the breaker went down or what was going on. But they had uh, Lady Frost's like Chiron up on the screen for about four minutes. It just said Lady Frost. Yep. And there was only one camera, and it was not moving. It was like the stationary cam pointed at the ring. It was the only thing working at. It really broke down production-wise more than match-wise, honestly. Yep. A thousand percent. 
Yeah, but still, having said all that, a very good, feel-good show, and I, I really liked NWA Empower. I would recommend it. If yeah, you same seen. here. Like it was such, it was a pretty good show. It was a fun show. Um, it's exactly what you would think in terms of like results for the most part. But um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot in the grand scheme of things. Like it was a good yeah, showcase for the women. Yeah, and at this point, Boris, we both went five and two on predictions on that show. And uh, that put us at 10 and 2 each overall. We were still tied going in to NWA 73, which was uh, also a pretty good show. Yeah, it was, it, oh, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, again, some feel-good moments, one amazing promo, and, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was like all things considered, they they delivered. We'll talk about that promo. We will talk, good sir. All right, so the pre-show started. Allison K, Marty Bell, new tag team champions, the Hex, and Lady Frost versus the Heels, who got beaten down by Awesome Kong. That's Genocide, Paolo Blaze, and Taryn Terrell. I actually thought the finish of this match was pretty clever. Allison K and Marty Bell were dominating basically the entire match, just kicking some ass. The last move of the match, Lady Frost tags herself in, Gets hits a pretty nice moonsault for the win and acts like she did all the work. Yeah, and I thought it was a pretty pretty nice, obviously setting up Lady Frost and Partner X versus Allison K and Marty Bell down the line. I liked it a lot. Yep, exactly. That's exactly. What more can you ask for? It's kind of funny because WWE is kind of they ran a similar angle, but let's anyways let let's move to the next match. Yeah, I would give that one three smashing pumpkins out of five. Here's one that I actually, this this was another good match, and it's, man, Colby Carino's really good at this. Colby Carino versus PJ Hawks. You could talk me into the fact that this was better than everything on Empower. Honest to God. This little pre-show match was actually pretty dope. Uh, Colby Carino, good wrestler. PJ Hawks actually scores the upset victory over Colby Carino. Um... It didn't go very long. What was it? Yeah, only seven minutes. I think seven minutes on the dot. But yeah, very, very watchable match. We're going to go as high as three and a half uh, out of five. It's a B. You know, it, it, it's not the greatest thing you'll ever see. But I would definitely give that a B. Colby Carino versus PJ Hawks. Good pre-show match. Yep, exactly. Speaking of matches. Yeah. So we, we start the show. This match came out of nowhere, man. I was not expecting anything close to this. Just a blow away, great match. I'm not lying. Brawl in the Lou. Listen to these names that had a great wrestling match on NWA. Crimson versus Tim Storm versus Tom Latimer. Yep. I swear to you, I promise this was a four-star match. This was great. This was just full of plunder and hatred. The most wild thing I've seen on NWA TV by far, by far, since Billy Corgan took over. This was like... This was a somewhat modern wrestling match with like some 90s feel to it. I just really, really like this. This was the best thing that NWA has done in years. A thousand percent. Yep. Yep. Uh, this was so good. Uh, like watching this, I'm just like, whoo, the rest of this show, it's got a lot to live up to. Yep. So yeah, Tim Storm wins the brawl in the loo in nine minutes and 10 seconds. It was awesome. Four stars, best four smashing pumpkins. Apologies, uh, best thing that uh, NWO has done, uh, NWA has done in years and years and years. Watch that match for sure. Really, really good. And then a shocking match for me because we were talking like last week when we were giving our picks and whatnot. 
this was just like I don't know. It's just like it, it. It was so weird. It was just so weird of a decision of who went over. The result makes no sense to me. I get what they're doing in the future, but it could have been achieved in a million different ways. Mickey James defeats Kylie Ray clean in five minutes, Boris. Five minutes and 35 seconds. Mickey just basically just beat up Kylie Ray and pinned her with the DDT. Now, the reason why they're doing this is because after this match, who should attack Mickey James? But my new girl, Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo comes in with a mask looking like the Black Scorpion and laid out Ky- uh, laid out Mickey James. And that's going to be an impact women's title match down the road. It's going to yep, be Mickey exactly. James versus Deanna. So that's why they did it. Now, they should not have sacrificed sacrificed Kylie Ray to do this. Yep. Exactly. Like <sighs> I just don't get it. I'd like there was okay, so I understand the long-term booking. I understand the long-term program, but that's a th- program that you could have continued on Impact. This has been a program that's been going on for a few weeks on Impact. It's going to continue on Impact and it did not need to happen on this show. Even if you're going to do something on this show, just don't sacrifice Kylie for it. Just have Mickey James beat fucking genocide. Or not even genocide because she's really pushed to have Mickey James beat Taryn Terrell, someone who was actually in impact. You know, why exactly. not? Terrible decision. Terrible, terrible decision. But a good match. We're going to go three smashing pumpkins out of five for the five minutes that I was. It was pretty good. Here's something that was not good. Terrible. Jordan Clearwater, Masked Man, and Tyrus versus the Pope in the end. It went 13 minutes, Boris. Dude, this wait. Oh, terrible, this boring six-man tag. This is horrible. 13. Oh, just, un- just Tyrus, unwatchable wrestler. The worst wrestler in professional wrestling is Tyrus. He sucks, man. He's so bad. <laughs> I love how you're not even sugarcoating it. It's like, oh, no. come on. I'd say it to his face, too. <laughs> like, he'd probably beat the shit out of me, don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, no, you're, you're, he's not good at this. He, yep. he, does not, he, he does not need to be in professional wrestling. Uh, yeah, the bad guys, Masked Man, Tyrus, Jordan Clearwater win a terrible match in 13 minutes. We're going to go one smashing pumpkin out of five. Wasn't an embarrassing, like, wasn't, like, an all-time bad match, but it was terrible. It was terrible. Yep. Uh, next... We're going to the NWA national title, the ugliest belt in professional wrestling. Chris Adonis versus James Storm. Uh, another match that went way too long. This uh, Between these three matches, the previous and the next two, and Velvet Sky just being the worst color commentator in the world, <laughs> this show fell off a cliff. Yeah. The, the, thing, the thing that people hate about Chris Jericho, Velvet Sky is much worse at. Minus Jericho's passion, minus Jericho's product knowledge, right? She just screams nonsense. Yep. That's all she's doing. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. She, she's just grading. But yeah, so this was as average as a professional wrestling match gets. Uh, Chris Adonis wins in 14 minutes to defend the NWA national title. We're going two and a half smashing pumpkins. Mendoza line match. Exactly. What, what more can you say about this match? It was what it was. Yeah. And what it was, was uh, just a, a bowl of vanilla pudding. Yes. Um, next, Boris, you want to take this one because I feel like you enjoyed it a lot more than I did. Ric Flair promo. Uh, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, I really did. Um, look, I'm a fan of a legend coming down, talking accolades, being given the chance to talk about stuff. Um, it was a little non, non, like, it, it, I don't know, like, 
I like this for what it was on paper. Um, clearly, it, like, you know, did it deliver? Meh. What was the point? Eh. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. from like simply from a legend being able to talk, he did what he needed to do. Absolutely, he he rambled too long, but it was a very it was a nice moment. Like I I if, I I have a heart, you know what I mean. I I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror and tell you all oh, this was terrible and a waste of time. It's Ric Flair in the chase for the NWA. Like it was good. The man has earned the right to take as long as he wants, say whatever he wants. With a tear but, in his face, you know, like he yeah, was able man. to just he, just let the man speak. Especially of course, Ric fucking Flair, Ric. Fucking flair in NWA. Like, you can't write a better story. But I think it's also safe to say that he said the same thing over and over and over. It was a little boring. It went a long goddamn time. And uh, while I, I appreciate that it should have happened and I'm glad it happened, I wouldn't call it great and I don't ever want to see it again. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad we came to that agreement. But yeah, Ric <laughs> Flair in the NWA. What you know what I mean? I couldn't I, I could have looked myself in the mirror and, and hate on it or tell you it was terrible. It wasn't terrible. All right. So next up we had a a bad 12 man battle royal. Some this battle royals can horrible. be okay. It's pretty tough to do a good battle royal. This was a sloppy, terrible mess. The 12 combatants were uh the winner, Judas versus El Rudo, Jamie Stanley, Marche Rocket, Slice Boogie, Jeremiah Plunkett, Luke Hawks, JTG, gassed to the gills as always is JTG. Dude, he Happy. it's yeah, it's insane how big he is. To the point where he it's is, like he can't even perform anymore. He's huge, man. He's getting that he's he's on that NXT performance center diet. He's he's going to become a coach in a couple of years. I'm calling it now. But anyway, JTG, Captain Yuma Rush Freeman, Heartthrob Jaden, Big Mims, and Sal Renaro. So yeah, terrible battle royal. Uh, kind of just a giant waste of time. Bad match. Won by Judas in oh, 20 minutes and 8 seconds, Boris. 20 minutes and 8 seconds this one. Yep, exactly. So yeah, this show has fallen off of an absolute cliff at this point. Thankfully, the final three matches did help to pick it up. All three were pretty good. Starting with the NWA Women's Championship, Camille over Chelsea Green. Again, Chelsea Green at this moment, just the biggest baby face you ever saw. She's working a straight-up Ricky Steamboat baby face style. At this moment. At this moment. Because, yeah, I don't know if you saw, but on NWA Power, the following Tuesday, she turned heel again. And now she's right back to the hot mess. Yep, exactly. So I don't understand why she was Ricky Steamboat on these two shows, but hey, you know what? It was pretty good. She did hit, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty funny. I think Camille hit Zack Ryder's finish on Chelsea Green during this match. Very yep. cute spot. I thought that was pretty good. And uh, yeah, uh, Camille ended up winning in 12 minutes and 33 seconds, defends the title over Chelsea Green. That was pretty good. Not as good as uh, her match with Layla Hirsch, though. But and I'll also, still go three smashing pumpkins out of five. Yep. And and the, and the next match for me was actually the match of the night, the tag team match. Really? That's interesting. Yes. I thought the... Uh, well, well, we'll talk about it. But yeah, I thought the, the opener was easily the match of the night. But yeah, this was a surprisingly good match. Best match I've seen Damian Sandow slash 
Aaron Stevens having a long time. It was Aaron Stevens and Kratos, J.R. Kratos, defending their NWA tag team titles against La Rebellion, Bestia 666, and Mecha Wolf 450. Hey, what did you enjoy about this match, buddy? What did you, what'd you like, like about it? Like, honestly, it was just a fun little match. Like, it was... It, it, it did what a tag team match should do. It felt classic. I don't know. I just really, you know what? Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm an Aaron Stevens Merc. Maybe I'm a Kratos Merc. <laughs> I just really like this match. No, I actually, I really liked it too. I thought, it, like I said, shockingly good for Damian Sandow these days because he is he's slowed down in the ring noticeably. Big time. This was, yeah. his, this was his best match in a long time. I would agree that was really good. We have new NWA tag team champions, La Rebellion, Bestia666, and Mecha Wolf 450. Also, I didn't realize it until they said it on commentary, but it makes sense. Bestia 666, son of Damien 666. Oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Damien, I, I think Damien was uh, in WCW, even in the Latino World Order for yes. a cup of coffee, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, yeah, a little, little WCW tie-in. But I would go as high as three and a half Smashing Pumpkins for this one. It's a 70%. Uh yeah, you did. I, I think it was second or third best match on the show. I definitely think the opener was the best. All right. Then, I don't know why people are so shocked at the result of the next match. Yeah, like, it didn't surprise me at all. We, as, I, I thought Trevor Murdoch Dude, was going to win the title. we talking about this for months. Yeah, this was, this was obvious in Telegraph, but Nick Aldis ending his thousand-plus day run as NWA champion, we have a new NWA champion. It is Trevor Murdoch, big fat trucker from St. Louis. I love me some Trevor Murdoch, though. He's a pretty good wrestler. He did his classic Trevor Murdoch code red in this match. Lots of uh, shenanigans, brawling all over the arena. Guys are getting involved, and uh, Trevor Murdoch does win, uh, showing a lot of uh, a lot of Harley race spots yeah. in this. Yep. I think he hit Harley races elevated perfect plex thing. He was selling like Harley race a lot. Uh, there's some uh, Harley race shout outs, obviously Harley race trained Trevor Murdoch and they were very close uh, when Harley was alive as I understand it. But yeah, so Trevor Murdoch wins the title 16 minutes and 25 seconds. I wouldn't call it great. I would call it very good. We're going to go as high as three and three quarter smashing pumpkins on this one. If you had told me that Trevor Murdoch were to be your NWA champion, not only be the NWA champion, but dethrone Nick Aldis, I would have laughed at you. But it's been telegraphed for months and months and all summer. This has been literally since the last pay-per-view in the beginning of June. This was going to happen. Yeah. I, again, like it was it was pretty obvious. It was pretty clear. So, yeah, I, uh, I think they had to do it. And sure, let's let's keep it going. Trevor Murdoch's not going to hold this title long, but I think he's a worthy NWA champion. For where the NWA is at right now, I think he's a he's a perfectly fine transitional champion. Yep, exactly. So here's my question to you: Who do you think beats Murdoch, and who do you think should beat Murdoch? Oof. Oh, man, that's a that's a very loaded question. Um, I was, I, you know, originally I would have said Chris Adonis because I had Chris Adonis pegged to lose his belt and he was going to move yeah. up. But I don't know right now. Like I, I, I legit, I legit have no idea. 
Yeah, that's that's fair. I do think I think you're right. I think Chris Adonis is going to be that guy, despite the fact that he still has the NWA national title. I think the way they're kind of building the story with uh, strictly business, too. I think it's going to kind of maybe Nick Aldis turns babyface and leaves that group. Not exactly sure how they do it, but I do think Adonis will beat Murdoch for the title. That's what I think will happen. What I think should happen. Give it to Colby. Honestly, he's the brightest young star. Put it on a bright young star, if not Colby. It doesn't have to be the guy that we love here at the it's, podcast. You know what, but dude, put it, it on a bright young heel. It's funny that you say that because that's literally what his dad did with ECW. They just gave it to the bright young star. Exactly. And guess what? It was pretty entertaining. For the end of WCW, some of the best stuff they did was the Steve Carino run. So Yeah, ECW. Um, but not, not, not only that, Sorry. but like his work with uh, Dusty. Like... That's oh, classic shit all right time there. Shit. All time, all time shit. So yeah, a uh, good show with a terrible middle, but a good start and a good end. And I think NWA Empower was better, but I do think the best match, arguably the best two matches happened on this show. So all in all, good weekend for the NWA. They kind of did slot themselves as an indie, but they're they're a good indie. That's what they are, though. Like, let's be realistic about this. And if they embrace it, I'm I have no issues with that. Um, you know, it's NWA. They have the namesake, but the reality is, is that they don't have everything else right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, they do have they do have history. They have that name, and they got to milk it for all it's worth. And I think it's clever to do things like make make a smaller show at the chase feel like a humongous event with John Goodman doing the, uh, the teaser video. I can't believe that. Great get. And I thought he did a pretty good job with it too. Yep. All right. Let's talk father V son. The main event of the show, because Boris, a tale as old as time song, as old as rhyme, who doesn't want to beat the shit out of their dad. Yes. Uh, but we're talking Colby Carino versus Steve Carino. Premier Wrestling Federation Crystal Coast Oceanic title match at the Colby Carino 25th anniversary show. Yep. 37 minute wrestling match. And you can argue that it went too long. But again, this is the story they're telling, man. It's a father versus son epic tale. This was meant to be an epic tale. And I think it was an epic tale, man. I was not expecting a match uh, this good. I was not. I, I didn't know Colby had this in him yet, at, at his at his stage of the game. You know, I didn't know he had this level of performance in him, and I didn't know that Steve still had it in him. That, you know, to me, yes, Kobe, yes, one thing, but Steve, dude, wow, like he can still go. You know the 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 the, the, the BS. You still got it. This mf'er. Still has it. He still got it. And the thing is, he always worked that old school style. So he's going to age well. And he did. He is aging well as a wrestler because he's kind of just doing the same thing he always did. Yep. Right? Yep. So exactly. Yeah, this match was brilliant. A brilliant piece of professional wrestling. I'm not lying when I tell you this is a classic wrestling match. I promise I'm not just saying it because we like Colby around here. This match blew my socks off. Top 20 wrestling match of the year, at least four and a half stars, 90%, 
A-plus classic tale of professional wrestling here. Father versus son. And, man, you can, it was so the, the commentary was brilliant, too. First of all, they were shouting out a certain interview over and over, Boris. I know. It made me feel wrong. We're we're doing we're 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 doing some work here, buddy. But yeah, that was awesome. Kept shouting out your interview on commentary. Although you know, name the author in the website, guys. Right? Name the author. <laughs> it's funny, dude. <laughs> watching this match, I'm like, say my name. <laughs> Neither here nor there, though. You still got the shout out, buddy. But yeah. Uh, the commentary was brilliant here, pointing out the little subtleties in this match. Like, they don't want to hit each other. They don't want to, like, punch each other in the face until they did until start they did. slapping and punching each other in the face. And Colby knows that Steve has serious neck problems. So Colby, as a gentleman, is not going to go after Steve's neck until he does because he wants to win this match and beat his dad. He wants yep. to prove that he belongs. So, yeah, this was just awesome. Storytelling, great. Commentary, pretty damn good. Uh, actual wrestling fantastic work just just a classic wrestling match i'm telling you if you have an iwtv subscription watch this match if not get a free trial to watch this match i yeah, swear dude. to god Best honestly match like this, ma this match was so good it was just like honestly so good um honestly like it was kind of cool like when you sent me the message when you were watching this that hey they're talking about your interview but then watching it, it's like holy shit um but like that aside, the, the the wrestling itself, the storytelling, the storytelling and the story that these two guys were telling, father v. son, this might be like a fucking classic. Oh, man, I definitely, I, I honest to God think it's a classic. It's like I said, like, tale as old as time, buddy. This is like some Shakespearean shit happening in your wrestling match. And your mileage may vary on match length, right? Like, just because a match is long doesn't make it good. But I think this felt half the length. It felt like a 20-minute match yep. in 37 minutes. Yep, 1,000%. 1,000%. So, yeah, if you take nothing else from what we say, watch this wrestling match, one of the best of the year. Top 20 wrestling match this year, easily. Yep, exactly. I, I agree 100%. Like, this, this one was so good. I'm so happy that, uh, yay, thank you, WWE, for letting Steve Carino do this. Yeah, man, so so dope. Like, yeah, and I hope I hope someone up there takes some notice and gives him a little boost and helps him like do some more work at the performance center because this man has a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom to impart. So yeah, next week on BAM, I think we're going to talk, we might talk some superstars because the very first episode of Superstars, 1986, was September 6th, Boris. And I think our show is going to come out September 9th next yep. week. So uh, we might we might go retro superstars for you. I agree. Um, yeah, we're going to talk some superstars. We're going to talk some AE dubs because it is their pay-per-view this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, 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 I'm looking forward to it. Oh, word. Oh, shit. Uh, should we do a pick contest for AW? Nah, screw it. We'll pick the next show. Yep, exactly. Because it is time for us to go. Um, you know, it's, 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 if you're listening to us from the SNME radio feed, go check out your shows. There's the midweek markout. There's NXT talk from us. Uh, tomorrow, you're going to get the old fucks talking AEW. You're going to get some old fucks again on Saturday talking AEW. And you're going to get the smack daddies. And then the main show on Sunday this week, it's actually going to be a best of show simply because 
there is an AEW pay-per-view. And with that said, you're going to get the after party if you are a patron. So make sure to sign up on patreon.com slash SNME radio. Um, if you want some NXT or soon to come BAM merch, go to ballergear.ca. Um, and yeah, and I just want to thank everyone for listening. Honestly, Matt, as always, it is a pleasure. This is BAM Sports Entertainment. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Good night. Get an oppity, you buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.